Nothing you hear in this program constitutes investment advice. It is an expression of opinion only. This is Frisbees, Bulls and Bears. Talking money and markets. What's happening and why. We talk to the experts, the traders, the investors and the companies they're investing in. You're listening to Frisbees, Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee. And welcome to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with me, Dominic Frisbee. A reminder that you can subscribe to the show by clicking on the subscribe via email button on the left-hand side of your screen. And then every time I upload a new show, you will be notified in your inbox. A couple of weeks ago, I went wandering around the Occupy London movement in the heart of the city at the foot of St Paul's Cathedral. And I spoke to many of the protesters there. And in this programme, I present to you a collage of some of the interviews that I conducted. I'm sat in the kind of cafe, if you, if, if that's the right way to describe it, with a... I'm sorry, I'm sat in the, I'm, I'm sat in the empathy tent and it's all about tea, coffee and empathy and there's a, a few gentlemen sitting uh, around me and I'm going to talk to the one first sitting uh, directly in front of me. He has a magnificent beard. Uh, and uh, if for that uh, for that beard alone, people should stand up and take note. Uh, what is your name, my friend? Furhan Rashid. Furhan Rashid. Furhan Rashid. Excellent. How long have you been here for, Furhan? Beginning October the fifteenth. Yeah. And what is your main gripe? Where do you want to start? <laughs> um, no, it's the the focus and priorities of uh, the economy as, as sort of uh, helped by the city and the politicians. Um, the politicians look at uh, at the strength of an economy and, and the strength of the nation as being based on FTSE and Dow Jones figures, whereas uh, most of us here, I believe, we would think the strength of, an eco- of a nation is based on the, the happiness and stability of life of, of the people of the nation um, and, and how the nation actually serves their needs because, well, nations are people, um, not corporations. Not yet, anyway. Name some specific things that you'd like to see changed and, and perhaps say uh, how you'd go about doing that. Campaign finance reform to limit the amount that's spent so that uh, politicians don't need to go in order to fight elections to the companies and are then beholden to them for the duration of parliaments. Um, that could be that could be fairly easily achieved um, legislatively. Um, in terms of the... In terms of the sort of a refocusing of priorities, that again is a simple matter of um, the politicians having having the will to do it, uh, realizing that they are public servants, not some high and grand political masters. Um, they're not uh, they're not lords uh, sat deliberating upon their peasants and serfs. Um, they serve us, or they should. That's the way it's set up. But. Um, but no, they, they get in there and uh, the whole right honourable business goes to their heads. Um, they imagine themselves as though we've given them sort of five years of licence, um, whereas it's not supposed to be that way. Um, they need to listen more. We have a notion of a minimum wage, but um, the idea of a maximum wage seems somehow unthinkable. Um, whereas the vast majority of people in this nation actually would like that, um, and we're allegedly a democratic nation, so why is the will of the people not reflected in, in the laws of the land? Um, we should have those sort of uh, 
levels and, and we should have sort of better taxation that actually addresses um that actually gets more money from them i know the city gives a lot of money into the ta- I think, treasury coffers but it's not a one-way situation whereas they do give lots of money in tax um they benefit massively from being in this country by the pavements built by generations of taxpayers money they benefit from uh, a population educated to a sufficient degree again from generations of taxpayers money electricity and water supply taxpayers money um a decent standard of law and security for their workers, taxpayers' money. Um, they benefit so much. It's a two-way thing. It's not... And they can't even... Their blackmail is fairly hollow because they can't really just up and go anywhere. Smaller hedge funds may be able to go off to Switzerland or Luxembourg or wherever, but your major banks and everything can't do that. They simply can't. Um, Europe, Western Europe in particular, it, it's slap-bang between the Asian and the American markets and... Um, and that is really, really key to them. Um, they prefer to be here. It's in their best interest to be in Europe. Now, you've identified um, inequality of wealth mm. as one of the big problems. Those at the top are earning too much mm. and those at the bottom are earning too little. And you've suggested that the way to deal with this is by more taxation, more regulation. Mm. Is there another way? Wow. Um, I happen to agree with you that, mm. that, these, that there are major problems, mm. Mm. but I um, put it to you that taxation and regulation is not the answer. We have too much taxation and regulation already. <laughs> regulation possibly in terms of some of the, the sort of uh, laws, because um, many a government, uh, they tend to actually make laws to be seen to be making laws. Um, There's an ability, there's a leeway for cutting down on some of the regulation and red tape, but um, in terms of taxation, I'd say no. Um, And to the argument of uh, many a corporate head who who say that, um, ah, but you know, we're taxed already so much and and we do so much good. Um, No, they don't. I mean, um, they're foundering as much as anybody. Uh, It's the the ministers of finance who don't seem to, who are allegedly on top of things and who really, really know their stuff, who don't seem to have a clue and be digging us deeper into a mire um. at present uh, somebody works and they pay mm. just on income tax mm. that's before council yeah, tax yeah. and VAT and all the other taxes that mm. you have they give 50% of what they work for they give away so they're spending 50% of their time of their working life and it's, and it's given away now yes, I would say that's too much but what, how, what, what level is a fair amount of tax to pay? Do you, do you tax people 70%, 80%? Is that, what, what is a fair level of, to tax somebody? Well, it would be a sliding scale. I mean, since World War II, we've had in this country, um, or until Thatcher's days, a, a sort of a, a broad acceptance, a cross-party political consensus of a socialist-like attitude of um, from each according to means to each according to needs. Um, and so it would be a sliding scale, but um, if you're earning... 4 million a year then sort of um, maybe 70 or 75% is not that bad um, because you have at the same time you have people who'd be earning 30 or 40 or 50,000 pounds a year who are actually giving up a significantly a, a much more significant level if you're earning 50,000 pounds a year and you're giving away 25% in tax that leaves you with far less uh, leeway than, than somebody who's earning two or three million and paying 50% in tax. Um, you don't actually need all that much. I mean, a few years ago, we had Warren Buffett III, um, allegedly worth $100 billion, 
who tried to gain plaudits for having given away $50 billion to charity. Um, that's more probably than the whole of our camp and uh, probably the whole of the occupation movement around the world will raise and give to charity across the course of our con- and combined lives. But um, it just always left me with, um, well, how big is this man's family that he's kept $50 billion? Um, what person even needs one billion or even a half a billion dollars when is enough enough i mean what's he thinking of saving it for um you can't take it with you and if you've got sort of if you've got the ability to help people if people are starving if people are homeless as they are in the u.s increasingly and over here increasingly why would you not help why would you not help if um, if the difference is keeping it sat in a bank or in stocks and bonds or helping people what sort of vile person would actually choose to ignore the people who are starving or who are homeless or the pensioners who can't who fear sort of turning on the heating and die of cold? What sort of vile person, what sort of vile society have we got that allows that to happen? It's, um, it's unthinkable to me. Tax is not a bad word, um, but callousness and, and sort of selfishness, these are bad words to me. Now, what about the possibility that government is too big, it's too wasteful, uh, and if government shrunk and got smaller and more efficient, then we could tax people less? Government probably is, in terms of government itself, is possibly too big, but in terms of the services it provides and uh, the jobs that are behind that, no. Um... The state has a very definite role to play, and um, and yes, we don't want it uh, all our services turned over to private sector and everything. So, um, so yes, we, we could trim down very much so on Parliament. Um, we could trim down very much so on the civil service, but um, not in terms of people's jobs and the services that uh, that are provided for the rest of the population in that way. Um, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. Do you have a website or something like that you'd like to plug? Uh, well, that, um, the only thing I'd like to plug, uh, semi-capitalist, is uh, a good friend who I met here. Um, the Upsy Daisy Bakery in, in Stamford Brook in West London. They make wonderful cakes. This man comes in every evening with cakes and goodies from the, the supply of their business and, um, and just gives them to people here because, well, like the city workers come with bags of food... Um, because they support us and uh, oh these are wonderful treats I'd very definitely recommend going and getting a cupcake from them okay excellent well consider yourself plugged the Upsy Dupsy Bakery Upsy Daisy Bakery Upsy Daisy Bakery thanks very much my friend and uh, continue campaigning you're listening to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee at frisbeesbullsandbears.com Okay, and uh, what is your name? Flo. Flo, hello Flo, and you've been here since October the 15th? Absolutely. And uh, what, what, what are we going to change? What would you like to see change, Flo? Um, everything, really. I, like the, I, I love the buildings and I love the fact that services run, and this, but I'd like to see them all nationalised. I, I guess I'm a socialist at heart, you know. I'd like to see everything for the people, run for the people, and instead of it being profit-driven... It being for the for society. So but where has where has socialism worked? Spread. No, but we I wouldn't not in the same context that you see it before because all them words have been ruined in the press. But if, if you look at a lot of the manifesto, they didn't want any political parties, but you can see it all in there because they're kind of logical. 
you know, share things out and they'd get rid of money in the end and all sorts. So You, you want to get rid of money and yeah. replace it with barter? Well, yeah, I think you've got to have more faith in humans. If you can see here, most people are getting up and doing things. There's not really anything that's not been done. So we've um, uh, so say you want to go into a shop and buy some potatoes. How would you go about doing that in a system without money? Um, I think a lot of the, a lot of it is because of the advertising that we don't need half the things that people think we need. So if you don't need to waste half the things we see, you don't need to make you don't need to work half as long. So you'd have time to make you'd have time to grow food. I mean, I agree that we live in a wasteful society and we yeah. have loads of stuff we just don't need or in most cases don't even want. Yeah. But uh, how do you regulate that? Um, I think having, power, have person locally, having you, power locally is really, really important because as soon as you try and put it together, it goes wrong, someone tries to take something. Whereas if you spread it out, it doesn't have the same... But how do you, how do you go? How do you spread it out? How do you do that? Like you've seen here. Exactly like you've seen here, very low. No, but I mean, on a practical, I mean, you, you, you change things by yeah. protesting, but then how do you actually spread things out? How do you practically go, right, we're going to do stuff locally? But this is, it is here that I'm talking about because when we decide things, we decide things together. It takes a while, but it's fun actually hanging out with everyone and, and making decisions. Okay, very good. Well, Flo, thank you very much. Thanks very much. You're listening to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee at frisbeesbullsandbears.com. What, what is, uh, what, tell me your name and how long you've been here for. I'm Sister Ruth. I've been here all the time annoying people. I only came to find a rich man, but I think I'll have to go to the stock exchange. I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> and uh, what are you protesting about, Sister Ruth? I'm a Catholic nun. I love Jesus with all my heart. Jesus said we have to love everyone as we love ourselves. Jesus said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to go to heaven. <clears throat> he took a whip into the temple, drove the moneylenders out. He said, you're turning my father's house of prayer into a den of thieves. When the rich man went to Jesus and said, I want to follow you, Jesus said to him, looking at him with great love, to follow me, you have to give all of all your wealth to the poor and then come back and follow me and the rich man went away too greedy like our bankers and hedge fund managers and government and he didn't follow Jesus we have to share our wealth we can't hoard it all to ourselves and be greedy materialistic and selfish and I'm here because the government must control the rich bankers more like our Pope says they have to stop all the tax dodgers and fiddlers, the hedge fund managers fiddling all our wealth, and we have to stop the bankers who we paid with our billions of tax money to bail them out of the financial collapse they caused all around the world by gambling with, well, it's not my money, I haven't got any, with other people's money, lending out money to, for mortgages which they know they couldn't repay. And now we've bailed them out with our tax money. They give themselves millions of pounds in bonuses... Because they're greedy rats. Pardon the French. Um, and so, so the answer lies with government and regulation, does it? Well, I don't, wouldn't call our lot... A, I would call our lot mafia, actually, because they're all from the top multi-million public schools, Harrow Eaton, with a very privileged, spoiled, pandered background, upper-class Dory Twits, and Nick Clegg, who's just propping them up because he would do anything to cling to power and break all his pledges and then pretend he can't help it. 
And he's an atheist. He sings hymns in all the public play. I don't know who he's singing to. His poor Catholic wife and kids. I don't know why they, she married him. Well, he's a rat, isn't he? He's boasting about all the women he's had sex with. I wouldn't touch her with a barge pole, and I'm desperate. <laughs> You're supposed to be a nun. I'm joking, darling. Actually, I fancy you. I fancy you. You're, you're, you've got a wallet. Sister Ruth, thank you very much. You're listening to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee at frisbeesbullsandbears.com. So, uh, who am I talking to now? What's your name? Kenny. Hello, Kenny. And where are you? You're obviously Scottish. Yeah. yeah. Which, which bit? Uh, Fife. Okay, have you been down here a long time? Well, I've been living in London for a year and a half, but I've been down here for about two weeks. Okay, and uh, what uh, what uh, are you protesting against? What would you like to see changed? Well, everybody knows it's basically the financial system, how they operate it, and the bankers' bonuses. But what I wanted to do was. To to anybody that's listening is send a message for the camp to them is that okay yeah absolutely right what i want to say to anybody listening in america or italy or france or anywhere is although this is a london camp it's part of a global camp and i was working in the kitchen the other day there was 12 people in there six of them were americans two of them were canadians two of them were italians so there's people from all over the world that are living in london obviously or coming to london for this camp and they're working in the kitchen and they're bringing in generous donations of food and cash every day into the kitchen and the kitchen is the lifeblood of the camp I mean you have to feed the people that are here there's between 700 and 1000 people eating at different times through the day and the food and the donations are coming from all over the world so anybody who just feels this is a London camp and is listening to this just be aware that your brothers and sisters who are living in London are supplying food and money the same as Londoners or anybody else who are in the UK. And okay, so no, the movement, people on this movement aren't feeding themselves. There's some, some guys have come in and they're feeding everyone. There's kind of communal feeding going on. Yeah, you need to have a look at the kitchen. Have you been in the kitchen? No, I haven't. I haven't. We're going to take a look in a sec. The kitchen is well impressive and food just keeps coming in all day long. Bags of it, trolleys of it, and it's... No Londoners, I mean Londoners are obviously bringing it, but people are coming up for Kent and for Cornwall just specially to be at the camp and asking what we need for the next day, stopping over and the food just keeps coming in, the money keeps coming in and it's coming for every country over the world. So wherever you're listening to this, you're connected with this camp. Very good. And uh, now tell me, what brought you to this movement? What do you want to see changed? Just the financial situation. I mean... The financial establishment in general, I mean, the guy went into detail on it earlier, the other guy that was here. Uh, so you just keep repeating it, but it's just bankers' bonuses and just abusing people, ripping money off the poor while they're walking away with £20 million Christmas bonuses, and that just needs to stop. We need an act of parliament to stop that, and this movement can maybe move things in that direction. All right, well, very good, Kenny. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, nice and succinct stuff coming from you. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug, a website or something like that? No, I don't do websites, mobiles, Twitter, Facebook, any of that stuff. I still buy writing paper and buy a second-class stamp and send a letter off and hope it arrives at its destination. All right, well, Kenny, thanks very much. I'm in the um, in the kitchens at the moment uh, of the Occupy London movement, and I'm talking to Alex Alessandro. How are you doing, Alex? 
I'm very well, thank you. And, and what's your role in all of this? I'm, I'm the main chef for the last two and a half weeks now. The main chef, and uh, how many people have you had to cook for? Um, we're cooking for um, for at least 1,500 people daily, but in daily basics, like um, uh, at least four 4,000 people are passing the door of our kitchen, like are coming inside at least for one cup of tea or coffee, or just for making a donation to make a donation or. Whatever. Yeah. And what's your, and I mean, were you a sh- were, have you always been a chef? Is that what you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a trained chef for five years. I have qualifications um, for health and safety, and uh, I have qualifications to make induction to to all these people that are coming in in the kitchen. And um, I'm trying my best, and more than that, I know that I'm respecting all the rules in the kitchen, at least for a tent kitchen to make it work uh, properly and with hygiene and healthy in the high... Well, I must say, I'm just walking around. It's, it's very clean and there's lots of food. It all looks uh, very efficient, very well run. Well, how did you get involved with the Occupy London movement? How did I, how did I get involved? Yeah. Well, it was the, was the second day of occupation. Like, the, all the newspapers were like, full of disinformation. And I said, like, well, I think I can help, isn't it? So I just came here. I live, like, 10 minutes from the Occupy London Ten City. And I just came here and said, like, look, I can do this. And I just uh, offered my volunteering. And I start since Monday. It was, like, the second or third day of the Occupy London. And you could put that on your CV. It's a good thing to have on your CV, Occupy London well, Head Chef. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's good on my CV <laughs> because they're going to take it as politics. But I have several hundreds of uh, of camps in my in my in my CV as a scout boy because I'm I'm a scout since five, and uh, you know our motto is like always be prepared. So I, I I am prepared for every single you know challenge. Okay. And this is a challenge for me. It's not about my. I say yeah, and and people have just been coming along and donating food and. Yes, everybody can donate even a piece of bean, <laughs> one bean. Or something like that. We're gonna be. We're gonna be very grateful. We're hugging every single person that comes, and we're applauding every single person that comes and make a donation. We're having a good mood generally, and um, we want to keep it like this. Very good. And and uh, just uh, looking at the bigger picture, what what do you want to see changed? What issues have you got with the world at the moment that you'd like to see reformed? Well, <laughs> my motto in 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 this this times of uh, hard. Uh, how can I explain that hard moments isn't it it's like, yeah. it's like we have some hard times now with this crisis and everything my motto is like um, come on girls, come on boys <laughs> it's a tricky, tricky choice but we can build a new tomorrow let's build a new tomorrow very good, well Alessandro thank you very much and uh, 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 what do you say um, buon appetito uh, si, buon appetito, grazie di niente <laughs> You're listening to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee at frisbeesbullsandbears.com. Who, who am I talking to now? Uh, I'm Bryn Phillips. Bryn Phillips. And what, what's your involvement with all of this, Bryn? You look like somebody who's in charge. You have the demeanour of, of a leader. We don't have any leaders. The um, m- movement is the leadership. Very good. But, but what is your role um, I've been uh, drafting a policy document, which is um, a critique of the um, City of London Corporation and its institutions, 
and working in a, a policy group, a national policy group to formulate, well, to provide solutions, because I mean, this has been called a protest camp rather a lot. We're not a protest camp, we're not just here to protest, we're here also to offer solutions. Yeah. We're here to kind of work through that, and we're talking to a lot of experts in economics, constitutional affairs, to be able to like, draft up documents that we, we think are like providing solutions um, to, to, to the, the issues that we've raised in our, our criticism of the, of the, of the financial institutions. Here. One, one of the problems is that uh, there's a lot of uh, justified anger, there's a lot of, it's clear that things aren't right, but one of the things that is perhaps lacking has been coherent solutions, coherent ways forward. So, so why don't you tell us, I'm really interested to talk to you now and hear what some of the policies that you're looking at are. Well, I think that process is ongoing of, of, of looking at those solutions. I mean, first and foremost, by establishing the camp and also the democratic processes that have been evolving here in the, in the last two weeks, we've been able to offer a very valuable critique of the existing sort of democratic processes in this country and, and overseas as well. In, in the last week or so, we've been trying to formulate policy responses to some of our objections. So we're working globally with the other general assemblies to draft an international statement which draws upon all of our experiences of, as people around the world. So, for instance, maybe it builds on imperialism for us in London to start talking about issues that really are affecting people in the developing world. So it's been, I think, crucial that we've been talking to people in North Africa and in South America about the issues that really affect them so that we can, we can coordinate our response fully. Um, so that, that's been the responsibility of the International Working Group to do that. Um, we have an economics group as well. I mean, there's some experts they've brought in, one guy's from the UN. Um, you know, there's some brilliant economists working with them to try and find some, some viable solutions to the pro- problems that we, we face in terms of the, the depletion of our resources, the monopolisation of resources. Um, in my own group, we're working purely um, in terms of like a response to... I mean, how do we democratise the City of London Corporation? It's, it's uh, effectively... It exists outside the norms of our constitution, if you can call it that. Um, we think it should be brought in line with the, the rest of the UK and that the local authority should be voted for by residents rather than by businesses in block votes. That's not fair. That's undemocratic. And we believe that... Um, most of the population here would, would be would be quite, quite astonished to, to, to hear that there is in England effectively a feudal state in existence, a thousand year old uh, state within a state which doesn't conform to the democratic norms of the rest of the United Kingdom and we think that at least needs looking at and it needs reform um, bringing that to public attention has been probably the, the main focus of our group so far. We've attracted um, support from George Monbiot, Maurice Glasman Nicholas Shackson and it goes on really so Okay, one of the um, overriding complaints that I've encountered is the inequality gap, uh, the gap between rich and poor in this country and throughout the world. How do you address that? Well, obviously, it's, it's, a, global, it's a global problem. I mean, I think, I think we, it would be unwise of us to, to, to start issuing sort of a manifesto about how we redistribute wealth. My, my concern is how we redistribute power. There are unaccountable power elites uh, who need to be challenged. Power needs to be brought back, back to people. Um, our governments no longer represent our interests. I think that's our contention. They represent the interests of big business and of, of finance. So first of all, we would need to... And themselves. Our, absolutely. Of course, of course, as an elite, they represent their own interests. So uh, our concern would be, first of all, to, to bring power back to people, to, to to, to, to localise How do you do that? Decision-making. I, th- I think devolving government so that local government has, has more power, actually. Scaling down central government as well in, in many respects. Shall I tell you how you do it? Go on, what's your feeling? Take away their power to print money. 
Um, I've heard that. I've heard that said quite a lot. Yeah, li- literally, we can boycott you. Listen to our demands, and we'll boycott your monetary system. I've, I've heard that a lot. I mean, t- to be quite frank, independent money. If we're going to be the 99 percent, we've first of all got to be able to talk to people in, a, in, in language that they understand. And I'm not sure if that would be alienating or not but for some people. I think when we, look, we've called ourselves a global movement rather a, a rather a lot. And um, when when we talk about our brothers and sisters in Libya and in Tunisia and in Egypt, th- those people were part of a pro-democracy movement. And I think that's that's the best way to describe what th- this movement is. It's a pro-democracy. But what about what's happening in Egypt? They've just replaced one load of shit with another load of shit. You mean getting rid of Mubarak and effectively having kind of uh, military, military rule, military yeah. a military yeah. government? Well, I absolutely absolutely agree. Yeah. Um, the, the reason that governments and banks have both grown so big and so powerful and so disproportionately large within society is that they both have the power to issue money. Take away their control of the money and suddenly the power, the, the power base will, will spread. Well, I'd go further than that. I, I think that they have power because people realize, don't realise that they don't have any themselves. People have purchased power and they think that equates as having some sort of power over how, they're, how they're, they're, what happens to them in their lives. And no, that's, that's not true. So the first part of, of, of any process to, I mean, to, 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 to redistribute resources so resources are shared more, more, uh, in a more equitable way um, is, to, is to raise consciousness about these things so people become conscious of, of their position in society. Would you like to see more taxation? No, I'd like to see less taxation. Good answer. Uh, would you like to see a simplified form of taxation? Yes, I would, yeah. In a sense, how, how can that really be an effective process if people use the money just to go and buy more commodities? We need to, we need to deal with some of, the, some of the problems with consumer culture in the first place. Uh, redistributing wealth is, is not really a means to an, an end um, here. Um, that wholesale redistribution of power, my feeling is that we're here to challenge unaccountable power elites uh, nationally, locally and, and, and globally too as part of a global movement that's our starting point it's my feeling that the, the economic sort of issues will resolve themselves once that process is complete that's where Marx is wrong actually you know to, to assume that we look at society from its economic base and you know the issues are issues of power then are resolved I think it's totally the wrong way around we, we deal with power first and foremost I mean god I mean what do we need wealth for anyway you know in order well, to well the promise he who Westwood close I know she came here the other day but you know yeah. You know, you know what I'm getting at. Like, what's yeah. the point? We need to deal with consumerism first and foremost. Yeah. This is what's raping the planet. The, the constant need for more and more economic growth and yeah. the production of more and more unnecessary commodities. Now, I'll tell you what's raping the planet. My, my the unrestrained mind. expansion of credit. I think we need a degrowth strategy, actually. I think we need to degrow our economy. Um, I mean, there's a lot of talk at the moment, isn't there, between the two, two you know, major parties in, in, in Parliament, in Britain, the Labour Party and the Conservative Party, um, about growth fact that we have what 0.75% growth forecast for 2012 is a, a big deal for these politicians but I think we need less growth we need to degrow our economy we do need state intervention we need state intervention to ban advertising and we need we need to have less commodities being produced because a lot of them are totally unnecessary I mean I just look at what my niece gets for Christmas I and mean, it's just insane you know insane for kids to get toys but really a lot of them just don't really do anything 
Um, so I think there's state intervention in terms of advertising so that we want less. We need to share jobs more. We need to work less hours, as Bertrand Russell's said, work four hours a day, have, have time to... I'm not a socialist, I'm an anarchist, actually, but um, as it goes, I don't have no hold of anything. Now, you've just described yourself as an anarchist yeah. there, and then you said we need state intervention. Is yeah. that not a contradiction? Well, you might think it's a contradiction, but I, I, I think it's part of a process to, towards a, a truly sort of harmonious society. But isn't the, the point about anarchy there is no state? I mean, saying that there's... You see, no, I disagree with that because any anarchist would support certain parts of the state, like the welfare state. No, no, no. Anarchist. I'm an anarchist and I don't support the an- welfare state. You don't support the NHS? No. Why? What would you do instead? How there's, there's health? something, there's, there's something much better and much more efficient that will give a much better service at much less cost, waiting to be discovered. I don't know exactly, but in the meantime, we have a welfare state. So in any transition period, and you have to remember that the, the problem is the welfare state is created an underclass. I mean, I don't. I, you have to sort of. I mean, the welfare how, state how so? is what will bring down the whole system. Well, if you look how at so? um, how the is the welfare state, of course, of in some respects, but in, we're talking about the NHS. It's, de- it's created a class of dependents by that's feeding them true. and enable them it to expand. No, that's absolutely true. I agree with you in that sense, and that goes back to what I was saying about the redistribution of wealth through the benefit system. Is an inefficient way of dealing with the fact that people are disempowered in their, in their own lives. That power is centralised further and further away from people as globalisation has sort of increased its its, its momentum as, as a system um, dominant dominating the, the world but um, the, in terms of like a healthcare system are you really saying that we wouldn't have we would have a world class health system that I mean come on what would it have to be a global revolution first of all where would we source our drugs from are you really saying that Swiss drugs companies are going to give us their drugs for free if we're living in some sort of anarchist society I very much doubt it so first of all the solutions have to, have to be global but no I'm not anti-state I'm anti the repressive apparatus of the state the police force the army of, I'm a libertarian I don't want any intervention from the state in my life telling me what to do I think I'm an adult I can make my own decisions but I mean do, do, I, do, I, do I oppose the NHS of course not no not at all and I do believe in state intervention at the moment while there is a state to be able to try and degrow our economy because those are the structures that are already there no we, we want to wait till we've got new structures it might be a little bit too late so I think we use what we've got and we try and start the transition um you know, I was saying we degrow our economy. I think that's quite important. And also it depends what sort of anarchist you are, really. I tend to be an adge- um, anarchist without adjectives. I don't know about you. But. Uh, I don't know what an anarchist without adjectives is. It just means avoiding the whole, are you a syndicalist, anarcho-feminist, etc., etc. Well, I'm an anarchist. I believe loosely in bits of theory here and there, grouped together, I suppose. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't even know what an anarcho-feminist is. I'm quite interested. I'd like to meet one. I, I, think, I think anarchists have spent a lot of not time on a dark worrying, night. About, worrying about these things. We spend more time discussing what sort of anarchists we are sometimes than, than smashing windows, which I think we're commonly believed to do. To yeah, there, there, there's a big difference. For. Yeah, I, I think uh, more windows have been smashed in the name of the state than in the name of anarchy. I think you're quite right there, actually. And um, probably more windows have been smashed in the name of uh, different football clubs. Absolutely. Um, Listen, uh, when can we read these policy documents that you're drafting? I I think the International Working Group's global statement should be issued... When's the, when's the G20? It's next week sometime, isn't it? Wednesday or something? So just sometime before the G20 conference begins, the global demands will be issued. And in fact, it's more of a, it's more of a kind of... Um, I don't know... A, a list of things that we're discontented about. And, uh, it's, okay. an, it's quite an idealistic list, but it's quite hard, I think, 
like for over 900 general assemblies to be getting together through like information technology and kind of I don't know getting something that they could all ratify every general assembly is quite difficult anyway so to get really really structured demands two weeks into this protest is, is probably sort of idealistic but um I in many ways I I hate the internet and I spend too much time reading crap on the internet yeah. but it has been an a, amazing unifying force in this movement hasn't it I mean, it's been a unifying force because uh, globally there was a discontented class and yeah. it's brought us all together. I mean, there's a lot of talk about Twitter revolutions and I'd say that that's nonsense, really. These revolutions were seen in North Africa and would have happened anyway. You know, undoubtedly, and when those, those um, networks, social networks were, were closed down, people found sort of, you know, grassroots sort of lo-fi ways of doing it, like flyers and things. So, I don't know, it got a bit, bit DIY. But it's, it's still, it still happened, but, you know, obviously when we're looking at ourselves as a global movement yeah it's through the live stream that we're we're able to sort of connect together we're, we're streaming i think syria's general assembly at our general assembly on a video screen tomorrow and then egypt's as, as well so that's quite interesting but it has been unifying to be able to use those technologies definitely okay well listen um do you have a website that you'd like to plug um no should i <laughs> well, you might. You, I mean, do you want to part? Is there an Occupy London website or something like that? Oh, there is an Occupy London website. Yeah. Okay. Well, you, you can plug it if you like, or um, you Google it. I have no idea what it is. Okay. All right. Well, listen. Uh, thanks very much for your time, and pleasure talking to you, and, and good luck with everything. You're listening to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee at frisbeesbullsandbears.com. So uh, I've, uh, I've just left the, um, the kitchens and now I've gone into the techno tent and there's a whole tent there with hundreds of technical equipment to help out uh, people who've got problems with their phone or with their um, computer and, and, uh, and there's a generator in there and from there I've headed into the media tent and now here in the media tent I'm talking to Mark Williams. Hello Mark and, and uh, what, what's your involvement with all of this? Uh, well I'm a filmmaker <coughs> um, that's my job, and I just thought I'd come and help uh, out here. And, and basically, I'm going filming, doing interviews, uh, covering the speeches, covering the, uh, the action, and, uh, and uh, uh, basically just uh, covering all the goings-on and bringing the raw material into here, giving it to the guys here, and then streaming it around the world uh, to show everything that's going on here. OK, so, there's a, so that's what goes on in the techno tent. It actually gets yeah, streamed yeah. from it's there. more than keeping people's mobiles going, mate. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's about... It's about uh, yeah we're, yeah, we're streaming this around the world, so showing what all, all the events that are going on, all the happenings here, and sharing it with, with uh, you know, with New York and uh, where, all the places where, where there's similar oc- occupying going on. Very good. Uh, I, I'm sorry to have understated it like that. Okay. The um, what? Uh, so, y- have you been here right from the start? Um, pretty much uh, about ten days here. Okay. And uh, what what uh, gripes have you got with the world? What what, what things would you like to see changed? Well, it's uh, uh, the same, uh, same as everyone else. Uh, it's based on the, uh, the, injustice, the injustice of these guys who, who messed up the world and then uh, continuing to get uh, enormous pay rises while everybody else is, 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 is not. And it's about the greed. So it's not just jealousy about the greed, though. It's because uh, greed is, is what is uh, making there be ecolog- ecological disasters. In the search for raw materials, people are not worrying about uh, the effect that it's having on the world and, and, and the future of the world. Very good. Well, listen, uh, thank you very much. And do you have a, a website that you'd like to plug? You can give your website well, a little uh, plug. The website for this, where you can find out what, what we're doing, is, is, 
it's called uh, Occupy LSX, Occupy London Stock Exchange. So you can see uh, most of the stuff that, uh, that I've been filming and on there. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. You're listening to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee at frisbeesbullsandbears.com. I've now left the media tent and I'm now in what is called the info tent and there's a library and a little university and I'm sitting here talking to a young man who is... Sean. Hello, Hello Sean, how are you doing and, uh, and uh, how long have you been part of this movement for? Um, well, since the beginning, since we first came down and got Kettle, that's on the cathedral. Okay, and what, um, what are your main gripes with the world at the moment? What would you like to see changed? Um, it's unsustainable, fundamentally, and unfair. So a system in which... Uh, kind of city bankers can get paid 50 times more than hospital cleaners um, when their work is clearly nowhere near sort of 50 times the value of hospital cleaners is something that needs changing um, and we need to change to a system whereby people people live on sort of how they work and not kind of who they know um, which is kind of part of what we have now And how do you go about changing that? I think the first thing is to, for instance, close things like tax loopholes, so that big bids, big corporations can't get away with without paying the taxes they should. Second thing is to regulate banks and their bonuses a lot, lot more. Um, and thirdly, is for like communities to start using their own credit unions and sort of taking their money out of the big banks and saying, look, we're not going to have you gambling in response for that money. We're going to take it out. We're going to sort it out in our own, sort of within our own sort of communities in our own credit unions. Okay, so you'd like to see? Would you like to see kind of independent money used? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I see no reason why we continue to feed our money into the big big banks like HSBC and Barclays when there are so many other local alternatives um, that help local economies and also mean that our money is probably a lot safer. And you talked about um, more regulation and more taxation. Uh, do you think that's the answer? Well, <clears throat> it's been shown already that like lowering tax, like if you look at the Laffer curve, for instance, um, doesn't work. I mean, look at what Reagan did um, and ends up with a massive, massive financial black hole in America because he thought that lowering tax would bring more revenue in. So clearly, um, lowering taxes doesn't work um, and clearly allowing companies I to thought, get... Uh, didn't Reagan's coffers swell with a lower tax rate? Didn't the income ra- rise with lower taxes? No, they end up with a big, big financial black hole, which may have been partially caused by a few sort of... Un- sort of ridiculous spending um, commitments but at the end of the day they end up with less money than they began with that when, they had, when they introduced that policy Okay, so you want to see um, taxes increased, at the moment we have 50% tax, what, what levels would you like to see them go to? I'm not necessarily so worried about them increasing, I'm more, more worried about making sure that people actually pay the taxes they should, be, they should be paying, when corporations with billions and billions of pounds can afford to hire very expensive accountants to find all the tax loopholes that they can use to avoid paying um, the tax I should be um, and when I pay my tax and clearly can't afford to, uh, to, to, pay, to pay an accountant to work out how the best way to sort of pay it efficiently as, as yeah. I say it would be um, well that's clearly a system in which some people are benefiting because they have the money to do so Very good and, and you're, a, you're a very well spoken and very eloquent young man do you mind me asking how old are you? Um, I'm 19 this month so I'm 18 Okay, well, congratulations on being so eloquent at such a young age. That sounds really patronising. I don't mean it to. Sean, do you have a website that you'd like to plug and, or anything like that? Um, I, just the Occupy LSX website, really. So, OccupyLSX.org. And where do you go from here? From here? Um, we're spending like our time now working out 
this new sort of new angles or alternative that we're all professing about. So the idea is to get everyone together and have these conversations, which is why there are so many working groups and meetings going on. Um, it's why we have one, one general assembly every day, de- completely de- de- sort of dedicated to politics and one to sort of camp logistics. Um, so now that we've kind of had, now we can stop worrying about being evicted, we've got this time to actually look at what we want to do, um, but also look at how we can demonstrate that. I mean, if you look around the camp today, you'll see that we're all living in a fairly equal society. There's no one with more than anyone else that really matters that much because we all have we're all living in tents and we're all eating the same free food and we're all sort of using the same brains. That's sort of Excellent stuff. Well, Sean, thank you very much. Thank you. Frisbee's Bulls and Bears is presented and produced by Dominic Frisbee. To discuss the markets and have your say, why not visit our forum at globaledgeinvestors.com. That's globaledgeinvestors.com. To join our mailing list so you can be updated as soon as a new show is posted, please email info at dominicfrisbee.net or simply subscribe through iTunes. 